This is Toledo Symphony Lab, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of classical music from WGTE Public Media and your Toledo Symphony. I'm Brad Cresswell. Joining me today are the Toledo Symphony's president and CEO, Zach Vassar, principal second violin and artistic administrator, Merwin Sue. And we have a couple of special guests today. Returning is our WGTE intern, Mercedes Diaz, and we're also joined by a Toledo Symphony Lab newbie, that would be the TSO marketing manager, Allie Dresser. Hello, Allie. Hi, Brad. Welcome to Toledo Symphony Lab. Good to be here. <laughs> You're enjoying it so far. I am. Right? We'll put a stop to that. Yeah. <laughs> well, we want to put it out there. We're, we're going to toot our own horn uh, today, and that is because this is our 50th episode, and we also uh, recently won an award, as you may know. Does anybody want to tell us what the award is? So the Press Club of Toledo gives away Touchstone Awards, and um, we were nominated for a an episode we did last year to explore the music of Gustav Holst, and um, we had a Janet Amid, a famed local astrologer, to uh, to take us through his 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 chart, star basically. chart, basically, yeah. yeah. And uh, in so doing, I think we ended up having like a two two-episode continued version of, of not only, it was yeah. an extended version of that one, but then the next week she came back to do our own star charts, which was rather <laughs> unforgettable. But uh, it was just, it was, I think, the most memorable episode of last year, and uh, that's the one that took us across the finish line for the uh, yeah. the Press Club Award. Well, it's not often that uh, a show about the arts get, gets a journalism award, which this uh, essentially is, so I think it was a, a big deal, so yay us. Yay! Put in a little... There. Well, you know, I, I really do hope, 50 episodes in, that we've been able to do something um, meaningful for our listeners. And I think when we first started this Symphony Lab idea, it was with the intent of um, overcoming many obstacles that this industry puts upon itself, uh, the sense that it's unapproachable, that it's difficult to have conversations about, that there are a lot of challenges to even laughing at ourselves. And I certainly feel like we laugh a lot in the studio yeah. when we're recording these. Um, and as much fun as we have, I hope that it's it's enjoyable for the listeners to hear our um, our wonderful musicians and our guests, artists, and our conductors come in to talk about something that means a lot to them, but also present themselves as just random, normal humans who happen to be connected by their love of music. Yeah. Well, speaking of laughing at ourselves, let's go back and listen to a clip from one of those Janet Amid appearances. See if you... Uh, Only if you cue that magical heart music, Brad. <laughs> I love it when you do that. See if you remember this. But I did see genius with you. And I'm not just saying that to make you feel, but I... You <laughs> That's have, what I say all the time, actually. You have a genius. <laughs> you you have a very She's old about vibration to me. And I usually, and I looked at this and I went, holy moly. I mean, you, you have capabilities of doing anything, teaching, directing, composing. You have all that in here. Now, now wait a minute. I'm, I'm sorry, but I thought we were talking about me. <laughs> we already figured out you have stomach issues. <laughs> okay. Merwin's a, a genius. Felicia and Zach have amazing and career have opportunities. Gas. And I have chaos. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's classical. Yes. And I also said that, um, you know, I said that you you reminded me of an engineer, which you are your computer engineer, but you reminded me of somebody who you have all that Gemini in the third house. Use a lot of humor, very funny. But like I said, on the outside. Even when you try. 
Yeah. yeah, he doesn't like people knowing his business. It, very much like you. You guys, you're similar that way. And it's kind of interesting, but um, very private. You're a good husband, though. If your wife asks me, I tell you you're a good husband. Well, definitely. That You know, that is seat of your, edge of your seat radio right there. So since tomorrow is Thanksgiving, we are pausing and talking about uh, some of those musical moments in our lives that have have set us on our path, and uh, we have some musical examples for that. But first, we're going to take a trip back to uh, high school with Allie Dresser here because uh, the Toledo Symphony is actually giving a concert, and I believe that is happening uh, on Sunday at 7 o'clock at Allie's High School, which is Allie. Oak Harbor High School. Oak Harbor High School. Oak just to Harbor, clarify, Ohio. You're not you're not currently a student there, are you? No. <laughs> just just a year. Or so. An alumna. Alum. Yes. Yeah. So we're going to start this off uh, with a little audio quiz, right? I'm going to do an Oak Harbor High School quiz for you, Allie. So we're going to. This is good for the symphony folk because they they can sort of brush up on their Oak Harbor knowledge. <laughs> well, they it's very important. We're doing the side by sides with the orchestras and the choirs. Yeah. It's a re- it's a really big deal, and you know I think it's important that we have a grounding in Oak Harbor High School lore before we're there. Yeah. Okay. Well, so uh, I'm taking notes. Let me, <laughs> let, me, let, me let me address this first. Uh, Allie, you can't answer this first one, All right? Because right? I'm sure that you'll know it. I've got three different fight songs here. High school fight songs, you have to identify which one is actually Oak Harbor's fight song. Here's the first one. Okay, here's the second one. There's a person who's saying, what are they doing in the background? (laughs) Here's the next one. That's, that's, that's not, pretty hard because they all sound the same after a while. It's not fair. I think I would say all high school marching bands sound the same. <laughs> the first one sounded like carnival music. Carnival music, yeah. The yeah. second one sounded mysteriously like the uh, University of Michigan fight song. Ah, mm-hmm. what did the third one sound like? The you, actual you, Oak Harbor fight song. I'm going to go with number three. I'm going to go with number three. Allie, do you know which one it was? I do. Yeah, which one was it? Number two. It was number two. You stole that from <laughs> Bucky the Badger? <laughs> Bucky the Badger? That's well, how, how many different ways was that wrong? This is interesting. That's the mascot for University of Wisconsin. Th- this you is said Michigan. Because did it, well, you, you did s- say you Michigan. Michigan. Right. We're just going to go back and redo all of that, please. <laughs> well, Why don't we just throw up Brutus the Badger and just really I'll offend s- every single one of our Big Ten fan bases? <laughs> I'll just say it again. That sounded mysteriously similar to the University of Michigan. I'll just say that sounded mysteriously similar to the University of Wisconsin fight song. Wow, I don't don't know that fight song. How does it go? On Wisconsin. Oh, on Wisconsin, on Wisconsin. Well, I think that was the the exact same tune. Yeah, so they stole it. Yeah, they stole it. Yeah. Speaking of high schools stealing things, uh, Allie, why don't you tell us who the mascot is? Is is that a quiz question? Yeah, quiz question number one. All right, that's not a quiz question. We don't have the music. That's like a fill in the blank. (laughs) This is. You want the creepy music? You got it. Here this we go. is very creepy. There we go. That's our underlying music for the... It's better than the disco thing, right? Anything is better than the disco thing. Okay, so Allie, tell us, 
what are the athletic teams at Oak Harbor known as? We are known as the Rockets. Wow. Seriously? Where have Seriously. I heard that before? Oh, yeah. Also. <laughs> so we're not just stealing from the Big Ten. We're also stealing from the Mac. Good. Good exactly. call. We like to steal. So what, what, what are the school colors? Uh, well, it, it's fitting because we are actually Christmas colors. So yeah. red and green. Every day is Christmas at Oak Harbor. <laughs> That's nice. Okay, which of these is not a sport played by Oak Harbor students? Golf, volleyball, or archery? I'm going to go ha- have to go with number, uh, C, archery. That's right. Good job. What year was the high school established? These are going to start oh, getting gosh. harder now. But I'll give you multiple choice. Was it 1835, 1863, or 1919? I'm going to go with 1919. That's right. Wow. Seriously. Got them all right. <laughs> Nobody has ever Does had this? a perfect score on a Toledo <laughs> Symphony So you're telling me if she gets one more of these correct, she hey. gets Peter Sagal's uh, voice on her home answering machine? Yeah. Right. Oh, wow. Before it was known as Oak Harbor, talking about the city now, before it was called Oak Harbor, it was known as, was it Hartford, was it Hamilton, or was it Hamden? Can, can I get a repeat the question? <laughs> before before the city of Oak okay. Harbor was known as Oak Harbor, it was called what? Hartford, Hamilton, or Hamden? Mm, I'm going to go for with Hartford. You are Yay! right. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was a total guess. Okay. These last two questions are for everybody except for Allie, right? Okay. Uh, questions except for Alec. What body of water is Oak Harbor situated on? Is it Sandusky Bay? Is it Portage River? Or is it the Maumee River? Which one of those does the city of Oak Harbor sit upon? There are a lot of blank faces. I'm going to, I'm going to go with Sandusky Bay. Nope. Sorry to say, that's wrong. Any other guesses? The other two are which? Maumee River or the Portage River? I'm going to go with Portage. Yay! I think that's the first question I've gotten correct this entire season. (laughs) (laughs) Allie knew that. Boy, that music is really starting to bug me now. Let's turn it off. I don't know. I I find it really interesting because whenever somebody gets a question right, it started to sound very happy and triumphant. And whenever (laughs) somebody got a question wrong, it felt really punishing. (laughs) So I actually really liked the quiz music. I thought it it was appropriate. It's in the the ear of the beholder. Exactly. But we can just leave it on for the rest of the show if you want. We can do it that way. (laughs) One more question. Allie, if you get this, well, I know you'll get it because I'm sure you know what the answer is. You have a perfect score. <laughs> now, let's let everybody else try and answer first, All right, okay? sure. Oak Harbor is famous for its annual what held every October. Is it an Oktoberfest? Is it the Apple Festival? Or is it the Halloween Parade? Which of those... I'm going to go for Halloween Parade. I'll take the Apple one. Apple Festival. I was there this year, yeah. actually, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever done the Apple Run? I have. You have done the Apple many, Run? Many, many years ago. Wow. What is the Apple Run? I believe it's just a 5K. It's not like you have to yeah. see, like, how, how far can you run with, like, three apples in your mouth or something? <laughs> no, that would make it interesting. But. That would be fun. Yeah. Okay, well. I think this is a momentous occasion. Is this the first perfect score that Toledo Symphony Lab has ever given out? Wow. I think quiz? so. Well, yeah. Well, I think <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Wow. Yeah. 
I'm just going to hit all the buttons at once and see what happens here. <laughs> it's just like any other day with you, Brad. Um, <laughs> that's that's right. great. I just want to point out that it's these special guests that we keep bringing in that are bringing up the score because when it's just Merwin and Felicia and you and me, Brad, it's pretty pathetic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I like to compare it to a batting average. Two fifties, okay. Three thirty-three is pretty good. <laughs> you know. Well, we were going to talk about uh, some of those musical moments, and I asked you all to give me some musical examples so you could talk about, uh, you know, how they relate to events in your life that have affected your life in music. Uh, Merwin, you want to tell us about your examples that you chose here? Well, I think I'm, I look back at kind of some really er- early formative influences. Um, my parents were not musicians at all, but they really um, went to a lot of great lengths to help me in terms of kind of um, learning to enjoy music. And I, I remember going to the library and picking out all these cassette tapes. So um, later on, I can tell Allie what a cassette tape is. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, I remember one of them was that I just kept playing over and over and over again was an Itzhak Perlman um, encores album, mm. and with one particular piece that I really really liked. We'll, we'll sample just a little bit yeah. of it here. See if you recognize it. You know this tune, Mercedes? Mm, yeah. So yeah. even when I was growing up in Edmonton, the farthest Canadian city from the American border, somehow I knew I was always going to be in the States. <laughs> no, <laughs> but it was, for some reason, that tune, when I was like five, six years old, that was one of my favorite ones to listen to. And it actually became the first solo I did with the orchestra here. Yeah. Um, well, let's move on to you, Zach. And you chose, not surprisingly, uh, some Mahler for us. You want to tell us this story of yeah, how you um, came to love Mahler? So I, I probably have mentioned on this show before that thinking my inspirations and those who have really helped me to see music, um, it, when, when Merwin's talking about his uh, teacher having an enormous record collection, my parents had an enormous record collection. And they opened it up to all of us. There are nine kids in my family, and we were able to kind of use it as a lending library. Um but for me, I, I really loved classical music, uh, perhaps more than my siblings. Uh, those LPs that I would take up to my room and listen to were, you know, they were like great friends. And I, uh, I would kind of while away hours listening to this. So it was funny when I was a little kid, you'd probably see my record collection next to my bed, um, LPs with Mr. Rogers, followed by Chopin Nocturnes. Um, <laughs> so it, it, it was very much part of my childhood. Uh, but you know, as much as it was all open, my um, you know my my dad was a great uh, helper to navigate uh, the collection, and I remember him having a, a wonderful introduction to the Brahms Violin Concerto, and speaking with quite a bit of reverence about the slow movement, um, which I found to be very special. I'd listen to uh, when I was alone and, and think of him. Um, you know, the Tchaikovsky first concerto with Van Cliburn, I think, was the first LP that I wore out so that when I got a new version of it, it was it was like a brand new piece all over. It was so yeah. interesting. Um, but the, the one thing that he had said is maybe you hold off on, on Mahler. So 
I think my love of Mahler is kind of a delayed gratification in that it was the forbidden fruit. And if I would try to sneak a listen to it, you know, I'd put on a random symphony and there were so long, so many, many LPs there that I probably put on the wrong one. So I was putting it on in the middle of the third movement of the fourth symphony or something. <laughs> and uh, it would make no sense. Um, so I was in high school and uh, had an English teacher who was, uh, it was and is a, a great friend named Tom Harms who had encouraged me to go to the symphony that weekend because they were performing Mahler's third. And I was 15 or 16 years old. And I just remember thinking that, um, you know, here we go. I always wanted to try out some Mahler. Um, Andrew Massey was on the podium and, um, and, uh, Tom had taken a bunch of guys from the, our yearbook, uh, committee that we were all on. And, um, you know, it, it, I, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. There was one of those w- weird feelings when you go into the, the hall and not a single second of music was going to be familiar to you. And that can be daunting. Um, and I just remember thinking that the first movement was so long. I mean, it's longer than entire Mozart symphonies, uh, but it was also really interesting. Um, and that third symphony kind of moves through kind of stages from inanimate objects like rocks and, you know, into the birds of the forest and then all the way up to something as, as, um, intangible as love in the last movement. And I just remember I had a a magnificent cold and I'm sitting there in the peristyle and my antihistamine is probably worn off because I, I just remember I had tears coming down my cheeks, uh, because the music was so beautiful and I couldn't use my nose because it was going to be too noisy if I tried. And I'm just gulping air through my throat. And my um, my throat was closing up because I was crying. And it was this moment where I had to look up at the ceiling of the peristyle uh, just to get away from the music because it was just pouring off the stage at me. See, this is what your father was warning you about. Well, he was right. I mean, <laughs> if I was six years old and trying to tackle this no yeah. it wouldn't it wouldn't it wouldn't have been the right thing it would not have um it would not have had the effect so um i think of the finale of the Mahler three yeah uh which is some of the most gorgeous music i think that's ever been written and uh i know merwin and i share yes, affinity it, I for was, that finale it's, it's funny because we do laugh at each other a lot on this show but this is something that i completely 100 percent ag- agree with i think um this one moment when I was performing the Mahler Third Symphony with um, the McGill Symphony Orchestra is still one of the five or ten touchstone performances for me. Just that sense there's this glorious, powerful, mm-hmm. resonant D major chord, but I feel like when you do it right, the response isn't a standing ovation. The response is just this silence and this yeah. reverence afterward. And yeah. This is just that the is last, the D major chord. Yeah. That is a D major chord. You're it's right. It's the last 30 seconds of the symphony. It doesn't really... It doesn't quite yeah. do it justice without the previous 97 yeah. minutes. But <laughs> Even the previous four minutes, there's yeah, just this sort yeah. of like yeah. horn call that comes out of it. But yeah. uh, you know, I do remember when it finished, I couldn't move. Exactly. Everyone stood up and I just was defeated. That's, was so... the, that's the perfect response is when yeah. it's like, I've, I'm, it's totally cathartic yeah. in the sense that you're totally cleansed. You know, you were yeah. talking about uh, the cautionary tale of the forbidden fruit of Mahler and being uh, warned away f- from it by your parents, you know, those crazy kids and their Mahler. <laughs> it, it makes me think of, like, uh, you know, those old films like Reefer Madness. They should have a Mahler Madness film, right? We could redo that. 
But do you realize that only four people would go see it? <laughs> well, you know, there's five people here. <laughs> That's we my be, point. We might be able to attract a little bit of a crowd for Mahler Madness. I think, yeah. it, I think that it, there's a germ of an idea there. Uh, Allie, let's talk about your pick. You talked about um, the John Rutter Magnificat and doing that with the Toledo Symphony at Oak Harbor High School. We're back at Oak Harbor. Yeah, taking it back to Oak Harbor High School, one of the coolest experiences for me musically was, um, I believe I was a sophomore in high school, and uh, we had a choir and a band, but we didn't have an orchestra. And so when our choir director told us that the Toledo Symphony was coming, I mean, I just lit up in excitement. I... I remember I studied a little bit of violin through high school and college, and I mean, wait, what? Yeah, actually. (laughs) How Uh, did I not know this? (laughs) So, um, well, I guess I'll go back a little further. Uh, My this is surprising to us because we know you as a very accomplished pianist. Yes, (laughs) so our listeners know. Piano was my primary instrument, but uh, I did study violin. Wow. Yes. So uh, I'm going to actually take it back a little bit further. So uh, like Merwin said, my parents, uh, I'm the only musical person in my family. um, And I can't remember where I actually, you know, where I found classical music to be. I know my grandparents used to listen to it and a lot of Rachmaninoff recordings. And and one day I I was five years old and I told my parents, I said, I think I want to take piano lessons. And so, <laughs> and my parents, so we got a small upright piano, started studying piano lessons. And I remember I would ask my parents to burn these CDs for me of um, uh, tons of Tchaikovsky, Rachmaninoff, uh, a lot of Beethoven symphonies. And um, I would roll, I would take my little radio into the garage and roller skate and listen to these, you know, recordings. And mm. that's one of my earliest memories of just falling in love with the music. And, wow. um, and so growing up, uh, now I'm in high school and yeah so when the Toledo Symphony was coming I thought that was the coolest thing ever having the orchestra there with our choir and um, we were singing we were actually preparing to go to New York to sing in Carnegie Hall uh, John Rutter's Magnificat yeah this, so. I want to play just a little bit at the beginning sound familiar? It does <laughs> yeah. too familiar you can sing along if you want <laughs> <laughs> or not I like this though it's so happy Nice little mood brightener, yeah. wouldn't you say? Little sample there of the uh, John Rutter Magnificat. I want to mention, by the way, that uh, I put together a Spotify playlist of all of these cuts of music. So if anybody's mm-hmm. interested, they'll find it on our website at wgte.org/lab. We'll have a link to the playlist there. Um, Mercedes, I, I know you didn't know that we were asking about this, but I, I'm curious. You, you want to? Does anything come to mind for you, any particular piece of music or particular event or person that sort of sets you on your path? We talked about education last time and your educational experience, but mm. is there any piece of music that, that means something special to you? Yeah, when they were talking about their childhood experiences, I was thinking about mine, you know, what I could remember about uh, my first years or even before starting to study music. And I remember this piece I loved because I heard it in a movie. I think it was The Miserables, uh-huh. uh, you know, so super sad movie. But I loved it as a kid. And I loved crying with that. So the, there is a part of the music that is by Albinoni, the uh, adagio for oh, yeah. strings. I loved it as a kid. 
Wow. Yeah. That was my favorite thing. I was I could hear that for hours and hours as a little kid crying. I don't know. <laughs> I, somehow I loved it. Too. <laughs> Yeah, and then an, another thing yeah. was also Baroque music, actually. Now, I was thinking that I had a lot of uh, contact with Baroque music as a kid because I, I was an oboist. I started as an, an oboist. Yeah, I mean, you and Felicia. That's, that's too bad yeah. we couldn't have Felicia here today. We have a little oboe, Ooh, that too, yeah. oboe club. Well, the, um, I started playing um, with a soloist with an orchestra, the orchestra of my city, and I did Marcello. The concerto for oboe and <laughs> strings by Marcello as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those were the two pieces I was thinking of my childhood. It's interesting you mm-hmm. mentioned that Albanoni Adagio, which mm-hmm. y- you know was really not written by Albanoni. You know that, right? Mercedes. There's another name on there. It's uh, Albanoni it, Giusato or something yeah. like that. Yeah, Rima Giusato, who was who was a, um, a musicologist who claimed to have you know created this adagio from a fragment of of music. By Albanoni. Now we're not supposedly. When I say we, I mean like you know, musicological experts are not really sure that uh, Albanoni even wrote that, or whether it was a complete fabrication or not. But but that doesn't mm. you know detract from the uh, the power of the music. It's a beautiful yeah. piece. It yeah. really is. That's one of my um, uh, my childhood memories too. Yeah. Is my my father had a recording or twelve of that that he would often mm. play, yeah. and I noticed that some would make greater use of the organ than others. Um, but it's uh-huh. uh, yeah, there there are choral versions of that. There are oh. many different adaptations of the adagio. It's really uh, one of those pieces that has so many different layers. The funny thing with with that is that since my childhood, I never actually had any contact because. Of course, I've done more romantic music, mm-hmm. a lot of contemporary music, and not so much baroque. Yeah. You know, I mean, with the oboe, but mm-hmm. after after that, not so much. Well, so maybe it's yeah. time to revisit it one of these days. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pull out that Marcello concerto. Well, I'll offer mine, which I, I may have talked about this before. When I was in high school, um, there was a, a humanities class. Is this when the, the, the scary guy chased you through a, a <laughs> no. graveyard? No. No. Okay. That's, just, that's my Halloween story. Just checking. <laughs> which folks can still listen to, by the way, uh, by <laughs> listening to the extended version of our Halloween podcast. That'll, that'll win the Touchstone Award next year, right? <laughs> if only for Emily Dietz's audible gasp at the very <laughs> yeah, end. Right. <laughs> However, this is a different story. Uh, when I was in high school, we had a humanities class, and I remember a, a teacher played a recording of Caruso mm. that I had never heard before. Here's a, a little bit. So, I mean, you know, he was recording back in the first decade or two of the 20th mm-hmm. century, and that voice sounds magnificent. Yeah. You hear, like, the they had to use tubas for the basses because the strings did not record as well with the technology at the time. So it, it really touched me. And so then I went and, and uh, you know, started checking out recordings of all the tenors I could mm-hmm. find. And then I became a tenor myself. And, and was able to sing in some of the same places that uh, Caruso sang. I sang that role of Canio uh, for Teatro Colón in Buenos Aires, mm-hmm. which is the biggest opera house in South America. And the fact that the stage had remained unchanged since the early 1900s when Caruso sang there, <laughs> you know, it, it, it was a big significance for okay. me, sort of coming full circle. 
You figure the yeah, notes have some communion out there in the, yeah. in the theater somehow. I didn't sing it anywhere near as well as he did, though. <laughs> I remember it was terrifying. I remember terrifying when experience. I first heard Caruso, I felt like, um, despite the very antiquated recording technology from that time, the um, he, he perhaps could be accused of being the first one to go on record and really milk the note. Yeah. Because he would hang those, those suspended uh, notes for... Ages, and he had the horsepower to just keep he, it. He ringing. was able to do it, and yeah. you know when you finally resolve the the chord. I mean, he, you know, just even now, I it was listening to that as you played it. It, um, it was it was stirring for that early technology to kind of bring that kind of drama into the household. Yeah. Well, my thanks to everybody for joining us, especially to our special guests, Mercedes Diaz and Ali Dresser, and also my thanks to Zach Vasser and Mormon Sue. Happy Thanksgiving Eve. Yeah, Thanksgiving Eve. This program is a production of WGTE Public Media in collaboration with our sponsor, the Toledo Symphony. You can download episodes of this program as a podcast by going to our website at wgte.org slash lab. You can also subscribe to us through your podcast app of choice, including Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. I'm Brad Cresswell, and this has been Toledo Symphony Lab on FM 91.